NCAA playing games should be abolished. Howard dominates the MEAC tournament and Jackson State rise their domination of the SWAC to a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily, no sharks, no funky props, just your skills versus the lineups that you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on and teams with an automatic bid have absolutely no place playing in a play-in game matter of fact i'll take it one step farther abolish the playing game altogether i don't like playing games period and before we get started let's let's get one thing cleared up this isn't an hbcu backing thing no this isn't a situation where texas southern Howard have to play in a in a playing game. So now I'm sitting here whining about it. I don't like playing games. Matter of fact, I don't even like them professionally. I feel like it's somewhat a slap in the face. I get the appeal of them, not so much in a, in the tournament, and we'll get into that in a second. But I get the appeal of them. But I just think we worked so hard during the season for something to be better than somebody, to deserve or reserve our place, depending on which level you're talking about, our place in this playoffs, in this tournament. For one game in a, in a situation where anything can happen, I get the appeal of sudden death to some fans. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just don't. So this isn't a poor HBCU thing. These teams are just in these games, so I'm talking about it on an HBCU platform. Now that we've got that out the way, let's detail why I'm not a fan of the playing games, right? There are four HBCUs, Division I HBCUs in a tournament this year. You have Texas Southern, Norfolk State, Howard, and Jackson State. Well, Texas Southern men's and Howard women are playing in a playing game. The other two, they made it. They got their automatic bid. But here's the thing. All four of those teams made it into the tournament because they won the SWAC or the MEAC, and that's supposed to give you an automatic bid. The reason I say supposed to is because it really doesn't if you have to play in a playing game. Automatic is supposed to be automatic. That means guaranteed. That means for sure you are automatically in the tournament. Now, the NCAA does this thing where they see teams one through 68 or, or get the best 68 teams or whatever, right? But let's not fool ourselves. The, the tournament isn't 68 teams. It's 64 teams. So the, the playing, uh, playing games, you take the bottom four at, uh, automatic bids, you can take the bottom four at-large teams. The at-large teams play the at-large teams. The automatic bids play the automatic bids. We'll get to the at-large in a second, but right now we're focusing on the automatic bids. So if you lose, you're essentially the 17th seed 
in a tournament where the only thing that truly matters is one through 16. I, I'll speak for myself. Texas Southern is in a is in a playing game. If they were to, if they were to lose tonight in their playoff game, playing game, I wouldn't feel like we made the tournament. I just wouldn't. I don't know about you. That's up to you. But if I were to lose in a playing game, I don't really feel like I made the tournament. You didn't really make March Madness. You might have made the tournament. You didn't make March Madness. You know, if you want to bring some sort of distinction to, to the two. But we're not going to fool ourselves. The tournament is 64 teams. 65, 66, 67, 68. You won't be remembered. You won't. You won't even think about you being there. You know, you'll have to remind me that TSU made the tournament in 2022. You know, but I'm going to stop there because I believe in talking things into existence and I'm trying to win tonight. Right. But here's the thing. Is if automatic bid is going to be an automatic bid, you can't play in. You just can't. It doesn't make sense. Because it's not one. It's an invitation to play yourself in. So either I'm there or I can get there. It's a difference. It's a very big difference. See, I'm being a stickler on the word automatic, but I'm doing that purposefully. Because it shouldn't mean that. Cryptography, I don't want to go through it, the idea of decoding and encoding all these different... No! Automatic means automatic. It should be simple. It's not It's not cryptography, right? I don't want to have to feel like, oh, I won the SWAC tournament. Maybe I'll get in. I won the MEAC tournament. Maybe I'll get in. No. At the end of the day, I'll bring, I'll bring an example out. Let's say that I was saving a seat for you, right? I was saving this seat right here next to me. You see it right here. I'm saving this seat next to me and said, when you get here, this seat is yours. Then when you get here, I tell you, you got to battle it out with some other person to ensure that you're going to have the seat. Well, then I didn't save it for you. I didn't. I did not guarantee you this seat. I gave you a chance of getting the seat. I guaranteed a chance for you to get into the tournament. Yes, that's essentially what it is. Don't call it automatic. Just don't call it automatic because I, I, I don't want to stay away from the word fair because you could easily say, Will it just be better than the team you're playing? Eh, I guess. I mean, that's what you have to do in real life. But I'm talking about the way I feel like I personally, I feel like things should be. And I'm against that. I'm not really a fan of a playing tournament or playing game. See, this isn't a poor HBCU thing. They're playing another team that has an automatic bid. Both of those teams should play. Now, the bottom two at-large teams, they play against each other. I don't like that either. But here's my solution. Take those two teams that would have been the last at-large teams. Remove them. Make a decision. See, you, you, you're, you're taking yourself away from making a decision on which of these two at-large teams should make it. Neither one of them should make it. Let that last at-large spot be replaced by one of the automatic bids if they're in the same region. I really don't think it's complicated. I'm a stickler on this because I believe that automatic should mean automatic. It should be a guarantee. It's really that simple. It's not, it's not a hard thing to understand what I'm trying to get at. Automatic is automatic. I'm being a stickler on that word because it should have some value. Don't put it there if it has no value. Don't tell me something's automatic if it's not automatic. So here goes my solution in addition to doing that. If you don't want to take away one of the at-larges, I, I get it. 
They're pro oh, we're better than that team. We're ranked higher. That's why we beat 11 seed or the 12 seed. Well, be better than the other at-large squads. That's who you're competing with. If you wanted to automatically get in, you should have won your conference like these teams did. It's that simple. It's that simple. There goes my solution. Either make automatic mean automatic or take the word automatic out of it. Either one of those solutions will make me shut up. But until then, I'm, a, I'm going to continue expressing and talking about my issue with the playing game because I want that to be abolished, period. By just putting the automatic bids in the automatic, uh, automatically into the tournament. So there go your solution. If you want to make me stop talking, do that. It's just that simple. Right. So now we're going to go and talk about another team that has to play in that in that playing game. And that's Howard women's basketball. We're going to talk about how they dominated the MEAC rather than take a look forward. We're going to take a look back and see the way that they got to that tournament. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero because, man, sitting there trying to think, when was the last time I went deep into the tournament in my bracket? When was the last time that I really made some money in my bracket? And it's been a long time. It's been a while. I, look, I'm not about to sit here and think about it the whole time. It's been way too long. But that's one of the things that Stat Hero provides to me. Not they're going to suddenly make me right with everything, even though they, they, you know, they do have people win four times more often than other places. So they do have more winners. But they're not making me have to go through long props and all of those things. What they are going to do is allow me to, to pick on single games. They have single game pickums, so I can only choose on the people that I know. Oh, that's such a benefit because there's no more guesswork of, I don't really know that squad, but I'm going to put something down on and do. No, it's a simple, I know this team. I know Texas Southern. I know them. I can put up or put money down on them versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. It's really that simple. So it's things like that that I think are so beneficial. It's a mix of fantasy and, and betting. So you can bet on only the players that you know against the lineup that they set. It's so many great features and no need to be right for hundreds of game or how many games total that that March Madness is. So much greatness. That's why we go to stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at stathero.com slash locked on. All right, let's keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And make sure that you're checking out the Bracket Breakdown show. You have Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling giving you everything that you need for March Madness is right here. You can catch it on our YouTube page, and you can also catch it on our podcast feed. It's already here. No more looking, for, looking towards March 14th. The day has arrived. But today's word of the day is cryptography. And it means the enciphering and deciphering of messages and secret code, right? So we used that in the last segment, just detailing how I don't want to go through all the process of deciphering and, and looking at all the codes of how you get into the tournament. No, just make automatic automatic. But I'm moving on from that. Going to get me heated again, right? But Howard's women's basketball team absolutely dominated the MEAC tournament on their way to their first championship in over two decades. I'm like, man. Over two decades. 
that's that's that that's a, a weight off of your shoulders for the first time you'll be dancing you're going dancing in the ncaa tournament for the first time in 21 years see quite briefly they will be in the play-in game and this is the first time the women's tournament has ever had a play-in game it's the first time and they'll be not really guinea pigs because i think they've seen the success or their success of the men's side of things and they say, you know what, let's put it over to the women's side. Forget it, right? Let's do a first four, which is the term for the playing games. Um, okay. So they'll be in it for the first time. They'll be one of the first women's teams to ever participate in a playing game. But let's look back. We know what they have looking forward, but let's look back. Let's look at how they got here because they're coming off a stretch of three really good games in the MEAC tournament. And I mean, they were absolutely dominant through basically all of them, not even basically through all of them, period. You know, not even looking out at moments. They won all of these games by double figures. They won one game by over 20. They were absolutely dominant in this game. And the last one that they played was against Norfolk State. And I'm sure that that game had a lot of extra emphasis behind it because, one, you can't ignore the history of them in Norfolk State. They split this year's matchup and they lost the last game of the season of Norfolk in which they cost themselves sole possession of that of that um MEAC regular season championship. They were still the number one seed, but they weren't the sole champions. They ended up being a three-way tie. They just won a three-way tiebreaker. But you can't tell me it wasn't a little bit there. You lost the last game of the season to them. You probably want to get your lick back, and they did get their lick back. And more importantly than just, oh, I want to get my revenge on Norfolk, you have a chance to win your first MEAC championship since 2001. There was a, I feel like there was a lot on the shoulders of these ladies and they showed out and they got it all off of their shoulders. I feel like all of that pressure from that moment should be gone if they get there next year. I know I'm looking way ahead, right? But if they get there next year, now you can play more relaxed. You can play more free. I mean, I don't know how much more free you need to get, especially if you're Destiny Howe, who had 25 points in this game versus Norfolk. And in the game that was the biggest of the season, she played her biggest of the season. And that was a career high or a season high for her, knocking 20, 25 points. She had got 20 a couple of times, but never quite got to 25. And the reason I was particularly impressed with this performance by her was the fact that she was coming off of a real poor shooting night against Maryland Eastern Shore just the night before. This is the epitome of shooters going to shoot, right? Shooters shoot. And that's exactly what she did. She didn't allow any kind of rough night to discourage her. And I'm glad she didn't because, or at least Howard should be glad. I'm glad because I was able to watch a good show. Howard should be glad because they got a ring out of it. But she was absolutely fantastic at 25 points on the night. And she was really the driving force. And that was one of the things that I felt confirmed and cemented her status as the tournament MVP. But let's see the rest of the games. I just told you she struggled the game before. So how did, how did they end up dominating, right? Your leading scorer struggled, only totaled six points the game before, and you still dominated an opponent, opponent in the semifinals? How does this happen? It happens because Ayanna uh, Warren, she started getting buckets, and that's not what she does. So it's really surprising. And it's not that she's not capable. She just proved that she is. But it's the fact that that's just not what she does. Period. It's just not something that she chooses to do. She is a facilitator. She is a pass first, but she took the pass first hat on off and then she put on a scoring hat. 
And in that game, she totaled 21 points. The first time all season that she had been over 20 points. So you had back-to-back games, really starting with Warren and ending with Howe, with teams or players having season highs on the team. But it was fantastic because if you look at the five games, the last five games of the season, she scored over over double digits one time. And that was this game where she dropped 21. And that was just an example of, hey, how shot not dropping, my team needs me. She was a facilitator on the team all year. Never got to 20 points. But in the semifinals, when they needed her to show off, she showed off and dropped buckets. That's that that's remarkable to me as well. And then you go back just the game before against Delaware State, which was actually their largest margin of victory. Well, everybody ate in that game, right? So it wasn't a situation where you had one specific player um, going off. It was everybody. It was just a different form of victory every single game. The first one, you had everybody. The second one, it was Warren, which was really a surprise because that's just not what she does. She's not a, a scorer. She's a facilitator. And then lastly, you had your top scorer have her top scoring night of the season in the biggest moment of the season. So there was all different ways. And if you want to show the domination, let's not just get into how they were able to put up points. Let's get into how they were dominating. So the way that they were able to dominate or the best showcase of them dominating is the last time that they were behind, the last time that their opponent had a lead. And against Norfolk State, the last time Norfolk State had a lead was when they scored the first bucket of the game. After that, was no lead. They scored the first point, scored the first two points. Howard came back, tied it up, and then they took the lead and never looked back. Maryland Eastern Shore scored the first bucket of the game. Howard came back, led the rest of the game. They didn't even get to four nothing. No, they scored two points. Didn't lead again, ever again. Basically, they got the ball, scored, and then once Howard was able to get the ball in the bucket, it was done for. Then against Delaware State, which is ironic because this is the game in which they had the uh, the largest margin of victory, but they actually led for the least amount of time in this game. The least amount of time. And that time was still 36 minutes. It's a 40-minute game. All right? They scored the first bucket. They were a little luckier, uh, had, had a little bit more success than the other two teams in the tournament. And they were able to score the first bucket. Howard came and tied it up. But then Delaware State was able to knock down a free throw. So they were up by one point with six minutes and three seconds left in the game. I mean, excuse me, six minutes and three seconds left in the first quarter. That was the last time that Howard was down in that game. So when you want to look at the game in which they had the lead for the least amount of time, or they, they they didn't trail, or they trailed for the most amount of time. It was four minutes. They trailed for four minutes in the beginning of a game for the first time, or for the, for the longest amount of time. They weren't behind for 36 minutes. To, to not trail for 36 minutes, to be leading your opponent since the first bucket, basically, those are absolutely dominating stats that Howard was able to put up in that really details how good they were in the MEAC tournament. Now, switching over to the SWAC ladies of Jackson State, they have the 14th seed. They know a lot about dominating, and they have dominated all season long, SWAC regular season and SWAC tournament, and that has gotten them a 14th seed that Coach Reed isn't happy with, but I think she has the right attitude going into the tournament to try to pull off the upset. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about Run Your Pool because we're talking about March Madness, and March Madness is here. Oh, man, you have the best place to run your brackets and run your pool. You want to do with the usual or you want to go with the best. It's really that simple. And no matter what the question is, I'm going with the best. And I think that you would agree with that. 
So go ahead, get the best, and that is Run Your Pool. It's the only place to have your brackets in this March Madness season. See, not only do we trust it, we trust it so much that we run pools here at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Come join us. You feel free to, to compete with us. March Madness is here, so you got to hurry up. But come compete. Come see what you think you can do against some of the Locked On co-hosts, right? So that's not the only place that you should, or excuse me, that's not the only reason you should join runyourpool.com. You can go there and make your own bracket for your family, make your own bracket for your friends, for your office, for whatever. And the beautiful part is you don't have to get together. You don't have to, you know, bond or whatever for like a, a fantasy draft where you all get in the same room. No, just make your pool, get your teams together, get your players together and do yourself a bracket. Use the promo code Pure Madness for $10 off at checkout. Go to runyourpool.com and use the promo code Pure Madness for $10 off at checkout. Now I want to tell you about Texas Southern's odds against Texas A&M Christ, uh, Corpus Christi. They opened up at a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The game isn't until 5.40 Central time tonight. Mind you, I made this mistake before, so let me say it again. 5.40 Central time tonight, so you still have a lot of time to put your money down. There's still time for the lines to change, but they opened up at three-and-a-half-point favorites. And you need to make sure that Bet Online is exactly in the only place that you're going for that. But it's not just March Madness thing that you have to worry about. You can do professional basketball, uh, bet on who's going to be the MVP you can vote on bet on any games, right? It could be single games, all of those. NFL already has odds up. It doesn't stop. It's just a continual machine at betonline.net. And that's why I think they're the best in the business because along with the versatility of having basically every sport, you also have your favorite Vegas casino games that you can play. Man, I tell you, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as so we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, Jackson State rolled the dominating season that they had just reigning over the SWAC all year, reigning over the SWAC tournament as well in equally dominating fashion. And they rolled that all the way to the number 14 seed in the NCAA tournament in their specific region. See, Jackson State had 100 points in that last game of the season. And that was just the exclamation point to a phenomenal year and a phenomenal year in which it wasn't just a great tournament. They haven't lost a game in 2022. The last time they lost a game was in December of 2021. That's domination. They went undefeated for the first time in SWAC women's basketball history. They knocked off um, everybody in the tournament. They weren't many people who were even close to them all year. They were the closest thing that I feel like to an absolute dominant force in HBCU basketball. Look, and I'm making a big statement there, but who else went undefeated and was knocking off people by 20 points on a consistent basis? If you got them, you let me know. And I, I could just have missed the, the, uh, the people. But man, for them to do what they did in the way that they did it, they deserve this number 14 seed. And it's a seed that... Coach Reed thought they were going to be a little bit higher. So the, immediately after this, after the game, you know, you know, you're going dancing. You know, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. But the question becomes, where do you think you're going to be seated? You find out on Selection Sunday, but it's not Selection Sunday and people aren't waiting to ask you about it. So they asked Reed, Coach Reed about it. They, she said, what, what, um, or they say, what seed do you think you'll be in? 
And she said a 12 or a 13. I think we deserve that. We had the 15 last year and we didn't even have a 21 season. So I think that a 12 or a 13 would be out of respect for us. And you hear a common theme between her in the comments that we brought up about Coach Jones from Norfolk State yesterday. Respect. That's all it is. Respect. But I think with her, it's a little bit less about the conference being disrespected and more so about her saying, look, I see what we were at last year and I see the success that we have opposed to last year. We need to be bumped up about two or three spots. They got bumped up one, which is still the highest in school history, but she was looking for that 12 or 13. Now, I don't think she's the type to boohoo about it. Everything that I've seen from her is confidence, you know, not cockiness. I think I have my own opinion on how people view cockiness, but um, she's been confident. You look at it in her comments about how they should have been dominating UAPB in their last matchup of the season. It's not a thing where she was always respectful. She's not disrespectful. She's not cocky. It just comes and stems from a overall belief in her team, a confidence within her team. And I think this is the perfect time. No, I'm going to wait. Because I, I, I was excited to pull out one of my quotes that I have. It's not for me, not this time. But, um, yeah, so she is a confident coach. I mean, and she instills that confidence in her team. She believes in her team, and she should, just as the team should believe in themselves, right? So when it comes down to it, they're the 14 seed as, 14 seed as opposed to the 12 or 13. But they're coming in with the right mindset, and it says we have – won regular season championships before. We've won a tournament before. We want to do something that hasn't been done, and that's win the NCAA tournament. And they're not just happy to be around, but I do think having success has kind of led to them being able to feel like, look, we're going to go in there. We're actually going to make some noise. We're not just going to be around. And now I get to use one of my sayings, have a list of sayings that I just, you know, I like to add to or whatever. But it's Bill Parcells. He said, confidence is born by demonstrative ability. And basically saying, if you show yourself to be able to do it, then you actually believe you can do it. And that's exactly what Jack State women's basketball team has done. And also, I want to I wrap it up with one last quote by her, because success does breed confidence. But this is one thing that she said, we're going to win. Everything that we've done has set the stage for it. Playing those close games in the preseason. Are, so we are expecting to go in and take it now. They know what it's like. They know the tempo. We were caught by surprise last year against Baylor. We thought they were going, we thought we were prepared, but we weren't. Baylor jumped out on us. I told the players that game, we will be back. And next time we go back, it's going to be a different outcome. Well, they're back. They are back now. And there's a limit on how much you can really prepare for something. Some things you just don't know. You think you're ready for it, but you weren't. And that's exactly what happened last year versus Baylor. But now you have a taste of that. This is a team that stayed consistent. They have their two top, their two top players from last year still there on the team. And Amisha William, uh, williams Holiday and Deja Rogan, they still have those two players. So you have some sort of consistency coming back from the team. But another level of consistency you have is the coach that you're facing. You're not facing Baylor again, but you're facing LSU. And Kim Mulkey was the coach for Baylor last year. Now, even if they were playing Baylor in back-to-back -back seasons with Kim Mulkey still at the helm, it does not mean the teams will be the same. There will be differences. However, I'm sure there are certain common themes and common threads that you could see between, you know, a Kim Mulkey uh, coach team. So I'm sure that there are certain things that's like, okay, we know she likes to have her players do this on defense or she prefers this type of offensive move set. Those are things that you can look forward to. And look, everybody has film at this point. So 
you know what each team likes to do, but I do think there is a certain consistency from playing a Kim Mokey team that maybe allows you to prepare a little bit better than you would have for a fresh team. So we will continue to take a closer look at that as the game gets closer. The game is going to be on Saturday, so we'll be looking at that at some point in the week. So make sure you stay in tune for that, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on NFL Draft. You have former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker along with Ryan Tracy giving you a breakdown for the big event in April. It's a three-day event. Sometimes you need two, three months of preparation. So make sure that you're checking them out. And on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be looking at how are the runner-ups going to end their season? Is it over for them? Or is there still something that they're able to do and they don't just have to end their season with a taste of defeat in the championship game? But in the meantime, in between time, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.